college football fans welcome back to the college ball show he's marshall i'm chris and we're here to discuss what else week 11 and of course we're going to bring you week 12 coming up you know we had a variety of interesting matchups some low scoring games surprising like like uh, tcu and texas really really shocked at that washington took it to oregon just i mean just heartbreak i think i can't remember the number i gotta jot it down someplace as far as home games in a row at the ducks uh, that streak is gone now lsu snuck by arkansas as did alabama who got down early and then we had you know ukula ucla getting knocked off um kansas state just going crazy out of nowhere they've been really consistent but i didn't expect expect them you know a team like Baylor coming off a good win to, you know, to do it like this. Purdue makes it even that much more interesting in the Big Ten West. Kentucky went down. So we had a variety of different matchups that LSU clinched. You know, we had several teams, North Carolina, uh, LSU. We had some teams clinch as well, TCU obviously as well. And then, you know, Illinois prop won't be ranked. Um, and, and they're kind of – banged up at their uh, quarterback and wide receiver, sorry, running back position, excuse me, and that is a key to their team, so that game isn't as like, hmm, that could be sneaky as maybe we would have thought a couple of weeks ago when they were on the up and up. It's a big, big week in the Pac-12. Number 8 USC travels on the road to for now, number 12, Ukula, UCLA, and then um, later that night, is it back-to-back on Fox? No, okay. Um, Utah travels to Oregon. These are big, big matchups in the Pac-12. So we got a lot to look forward to um, on the show today. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope, you know, Download the show directly or listen to the browser. You can find the College Ball Show under the Rope Dope Radio podcast um, at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and a host of other platforms. And while you're at it, why don't you head on over to TheRulingTruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have and you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. For a limited time only, the prices start as low as $49.99 for two months. If you just decide to go with the choice or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of Showtime Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's a savings of $160. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks, which, as we know, is getting hard, harder to find. That's Direct TV stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, and see how he's doing on this. Uh, well, now it's winter. It's officially, you know, like a week ago it was 70. There's snow on the ground, a little bit anyway, uh, but the weather in the last few days, it's it's been cold. It was 30s, and now it's high 20s up north here, sir. Oh, God, yeah, even down here, we're uh... – like low to mid thirties all week. I'm praying for no rain because we, we can't drive in regular weather up here. And whenever it freezes rain down here, it gets really bad on the road. So hopefully 
uh, things go smooth in Texas for the rest of this week and next. And I can watch the Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving like they lost yesterday. But anyways, um, actually, for my opening rant, speaking of Texas, Chris, God, I think I've known you for, well, over a decade now. And I bet in that over a decade, I've maybe bet on the Texas Longhorns football team maybe two or three times, possibly, if not zero. But I was like, you know what? We broke down that show. and like, hey, TCU, you, your run has to end at some point. Texas has a good defense. Texas's offense has been decent this year. And TCU's defense has played really bad. And then I painfully, painfully, painfully watched that, what you would describe as a game of football, except that it, it wasn't enjoyable. It, it You were pulling teeth. And it was crazy because Texas's quarterback, Ewers, in that game against Bamford, he got hurt and looked pretty good. Texas had just beat K-State the week prior in a close game, like 34-27. But neither team, for the love of God, could do anything in offense. They, Chris, they recorded the lowest amount of total yards in the first quarter and first half of, I think, any Division One game this year. Now, it was like a Big 12 uh, record of history in the past. Yeah. Good. Good Lord. But then the day I, I did hit all my other bets this Saturday, so it, it really didn't make a huge difference. So I was happy about that. But and, and I'm happy Texas lost. I would hate for them to win by like less than six. But man, if you're TCU, let, let me give you some credit. Hey, you're still alive. You're, you're still in this journey. Obviously, if you run the table, you're making the final four. I don't, I don't see how they would. It would be chaos if they ran the yeah, table and didn't make it in. So, but I, I think most people kind of saw it as being a letdown spot. But in, again, in fairness to them, I'll, I'll give them credit, Chris, for their defensive game plan. Again, this is a defense who has been giving up close to 30 points a game against a lot of like mid tier Big 12 teams. I, I know that we've yes, spoken. Everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have given that conference credit, which they've deserved this year. Um, but they they do have a lot of, like, really averagely good teams. Like, there's not a bunch of elite teams, but they have a bunch of teams who are good. And whether it's been Kansas, Texas Tech, or anyone else, that defense has really kind of been embarrassed, and they've weighed on their offense to save them at the end of the day. Um, it, it was such a different game for TCU because you're like, dude, uh, offense, you got to get going? Like, where 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 is this uh, Max Duggan offense going? And even that wide receiver who you'd mentioned might not play, he was out there. Um, but man, it was just so weird because, and if you're Texas, you know, you get the your quarterback appeared to be healthy. You have one of who people say is the best running backs in the whole country. He couldn't get going. Like that was it was, I, I really was thought that, that B. John Robinson was going to have a hell of a day, yeah, dude, but, 12, 29. <laughs> but, but then you set records for the lowest total yards in the first half of the game. And now you did have a couple of scores in the second half to make the score look a little bit nicer. But, hey, Texas's only touchdown was on a, a completely botched RPO scoop and score of 60 yards. So Texas's offense didn't score a touchdown. So, hey, TCU survives another week. Credits to them. It was a different style of win. But, man, Chris, they're only two games away now, and then you'll have a Big 12 title game in my backyard here down in Dallas, uh, Arlington. Uh, but, hey, a, a win is a win no matter how you dice up this time of the year. And the Horn Frog journey continues. Yeah, I mean, if they can improve that defense, it's 
not like they were playing in like crazy, you know, wind or like crazy storm no. or something like that. But if they can um, get that defense even respectable, give it up, you know, twenty points a game or something like that, that would uh, that would be major down the stretch if the heading obviously in uh, take care of business in you know at a Big Twelve championship game and also you know. So yeah, that was a surprise. I did. Uh, I bought to seven and a half on that once I found out that you know, the quarterbacks and wide receivers going to play, but I didn't expect that whatsoever. I mean, do you, last thing on this, but do you think Ewers was hurt? Or I mean, it just seemed like even his passes didn't seem confident. Like I don't know if text. He did. He seemed like such a different dude than that that I saw play like an amazing first half against Bama. Like I, I, it was, I don't know. It was just a strange game. I do believe he got a little banged up last week, but, um, it's like that little buzz he had is, you know, it's, it's gone. It's gone right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Guy. You can't. Sure. uh, Freshman. But yeah, um, that was, that was just impressive how, like you said, how they got it done. Hold them to 10 points in the rushing game, and then they turned around and, and were like, we're going to rush the ball too, you know? So I was impressed. I, I thought that was, uh, you know, one of the most impressive uh, – I think it was their most impressive game. I know it sounds funny because sure. they score and whatnot, but we all know, like you said, defense is the issue. Um, Old Miss jumped out to a pretty – dang good lead early, and I thought, whoa, okay, what was it, 10-zip or something? Like, okay, damn. Bama better get their stuff together. I think it was 17-7 at one point. And Ole Miss scored. Bama moved ahead, and, and, you know, Ole Miss almost game game came down to the wire, no doubt about it. Almost beat them. And then staying in that division, LSU-Arkansas, LSU, we thought, uh-oh, you know, this this has got the classic hangover game, but they managed, they probably should have won by about 10 uh, or 13, but they just managed to get over that hangover thing that we talk about so much, especially in college. Um, what do you think of those two games? Oh, you know, this whole year we've talked about how this is a different type of Lane Kiffin team. He's a guy who, whether he's been at Bama or FAU or wherever, he normally has a high-scoring offense. And and this year, I've been I haven't even watched all the games. I'm like, dude, this seems different because they're running the ball like uh, like almost as much as like a service academy, and their scores aren't that impressive. And I, it was a true like I was baffled yet again, right? I should say prior to the Texas game because that game was in the afternoon. Um about the lack of faith that Lane Kiffin has in Jackson Dart to throw the ball. Like, there were, on the last three drives of that game when Ole Miss had the ball, they were pretty much doing everything they could to avoid passing the ball. Like, even on the passes Ole Miss was making, they would kind of have, like, a wide receiver kind of flutter out one way and then kind of do, like, a a long swing pass, kind of even like a long extended handoff to a, a running back. Like everything had to be a play action, and then the pass was maybe one or two feet in front of the line of scrimmage, and it was kind of like a like an elongated like sprint or sweep. And when you have third and fourth down with the game on the line, you're in the red zone, 
and you go back to back quarterback draws. Like I, I, I'm assuming that that was maybe something Kiffin was trying to call, but Did he it really. No, he, he probably put his hands up and said some words when he threw him back yeah, down. But like, dude, ha, what? And it just goes to show you, hey, he's done a hell of a job to have the record they do to be the ranked 11 team in the country. But when your quarterback, when you don't trust him to throw the ball, or if he didn't trust himself to throw the ball, like you never ever see a quarterback do back to back draws from like the 10 or closer with the game on the line. Well, it just shows. We, we, yeah, yeah, even he could do the jump pass to to, right. to all the convicts he had on his team. Um, but man, it, it was just, it was tough to watch. And that was a true epitome of this is why the offense has been struggling again. They've had a good year, but man, Jackson's dart, his lack of, um, confidence really let, uh, Ole Miss down, which would have been a, a nice win for them. And speaking of quarterbacks again for Arkansas, um, that KJ, uh, KJ Jefferson, that dude seems to get beat up every week this year. He didn't even play, and uh, Alabama, yeah. excuse me, Arkansas was trotting out the second and third stringers in Fortin and Horsby, and still almost pulled off the win. I mean, you lost thirteen Horsby's to ten. Not bad, uh, I've seen him before. No, but you know, it's just obviously KJ Jefferson is a, a much better player, and the passing game of uh, Arkansas struggled. They only threw the ball for one hundred and sixteen yards. Uh, Fortson threw 13 passes, Hornsby threw nine. They did run the ball up 44 times for 133 yards, excuse me, 46. Uh, so a couple of guys were averaging like four yards a carry. So it was like a solid team effort. And as you mentioned, Chris, this was the letdown spot for LSU. And they, they just barely squeaked it out. And But for them, though, and this is kind of a difference of opinions on depending on what sport show you listen to or what gambler or whatever, but – LSU still has kind of an outside chance of making the Final Four, possibly. So that was a win they had to have. And if you're Arkansas, did you have the toughest? In my opinion, you had the toughest schedule in the country this year. You're five and five. Like I, I don't, dude. You're having a hell of a year. That's just it's unfortunate because that team literally had one easy game all year, and that's it. So yeah, and that that two and four SEC record. Is a lot worse than the and then the true football team they really are, in my opinion. And that goes to show you talking about Ole Miss. You can bring a transfer in, but and you think you know what you got, but it's tough. I, I've seen transfer, you know, transfers sometimes go great, like better than expected. For sure. And sometimes it, you know, and sometimes they just don't work out as well. Not that you know, we can't say it hasn't worked out because, like you said, they're still a quality team. But um, as you mentioned, he's just not. And you know the bar was set pretty high. The last year. Matt Cor- yeah, Matt Corral had a pretty good, nice run there. You're right. Um, by the way, LSU uh, Perkins Jr. My goodness gracious, four sacks, four two forced forced fumbles, eight tackles. That dude for LSU was just all over the place, and uh, he almost made a play that was it was pretty questionable because it looked like he may have gotten like. The bicep before he got the elbow, before the ball was coming forward on the on the on the first one, the second one he did get, but the first one was like, ooh, and you know that's just me being greedy, not wanting to push with the three point sure. LSU. You know what I mean? I would have liked he was that uh, that recovery or you know alleged recovery at that time um, got scooped to the twenty. So I was like, yep, they're in field goal range. We're good right here. Just kick a field goal. We're good. Everything's good, you know. I was just trying to hold on to that 
that uh, minus three. I was two two and one with that on the uh, afternoon. So um, yeah, not not uh, not you know not pretty, but like you said, you they got the job done, and and that is the most important part. Speaking of it, just the job, sorry, just quickly. Good. Um, to wrap up their schedule, they host UAB this week, who is a decent kind of smaller conference team, but that should be a win. Yeah. Okay. And then they go to Jimbo for the last regular season game of the year, and them and Georgia already etched in stone. They both won their regions of the SEC. So UAB go to Aggieland, Georgia. If Jimbo beats LSU, God, that would be an awful loss for Brian Kelly. (laughs) We'll we'll get to Jimbo later. Brian Kelly for maybe losing something. You've been on them all, all year long. You've been on them like you're in the LSU fan base for <laughs> your whole life. You're this right. This guy gets some big-ass wins in his first year. And they had 35 scholarships at the beginning, you know, when he got there. So let's calm down, guys. Okay? Uh, but it would be a bad loss to Jimbo, the way Jimbo's been going this year. We'll get to him later sure. in the show. Sure, no doubt about it. But let's let's let that happen first. You're already you're already saying, "Oh, Kelly, I mean that would be horrible." Well, it's pretty good that he won the, the uh, SEC West. He won the SEC West. True, you're right. Iron Bowl, correct. Tip the cap. Yep. Yep. Come on. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that would be bad, and you know it's going to be a tight ass game. Winner. Oh, 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 yeah. Guarantee it. <laughs> Because, you know, Jimbo will have his guys up for that 13-9 game. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I lost where I was. Oh, yeah, Penix. Penix, uh, 400 yards for Washington. I know I just said a name randomly, but most people know what I was talking about. Now, I'm not trying to take away, you know, much from Bo Nix at all. In fact, damn, between Bucky Irving, the guy who was with the Gophers as the third string, uh, with or or uh, at Oregon, the running back Nick's and was it Willington or something? It was over 300 yards. I know that uh, of rushing. Um, and usually, you do that, you're in pretty damn good shape. Um, but you know, this was a back and forth game. Uh, it was like 13 to 10. Uh, Washington's up 17 to 13. Uh, Oregon's up 20 to 17. Washington 24. I mean, just back and forth, back and forth. And uh, Washington, who was freshly ranked, I'm not going to say out of nowhere because they were briefly AP ranked, but some people did go, oh, it looks like they just want to get a top 25 matchup here for this week. Well, you know what? The committee was right, Marshall. Yeah, and, you know, if you're the Pac-12, when we talked about this last week, I remember on this show I said, you know what? If everyone can take care of business and hold serve, this show we're doing right now could be pretty fun. Uh, the, the, a couple of the serves, Chris, just didn't land in the tennis court. <laughs> they, 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 they were shanks, or they hit the net. Because, uh, well, we'll get to another other team. But yeah, that Oregon loss, man, that, you, you were all, almost sitting in the driver's seat. Like, if an Oregon, USC, or UCLA team ran the table, they were looking at a great shot of making the um, Final Four. And now it's down oh. to just USC. Um, if you're Oregon, I mean, you're still having a successful season. You, besides the Georgia beat down, who they might be the best team to land this year. You're having a good year. Obviously, the Bo Nix experiment has gone really well. And their home offense has been really great this year. But for some reason, you know, Washington hung in there right with them. Like, I was kind of surprised because I, wa- I remember that first drive of the game. Um, Washington had a 
uh, multiple false start penalties. You tell the crowd was getting pretty amped into it. And I think they even had a holding penalty, but they still kept the drive alive and they scored in the first drive. So it's kind of like, you know, we've seen this happen, Chris, with Georgia. Uh, I remember like last year with Georgia, Arkansas, and this year with Georgia, Tennessee, like sometimes in college football, if you get off to a hot start and that home crowd gets going, that can really carry you on the scoreboard and give you a lot of momentum. And you felt like, okay, like, dude, you had a false start here. You had a hold. You have another false start. Like, okay, like they're a little shook. But despite every penalty, they still scored a, a touchdown on that first drive. And when I saw them, I'm like, oh, shit, like, okay, this Washington squad, they're for real. And, you know, you hear, you hear the coach speak about how the coach said that they're piping in a lot of music at practice, like, you know, the regular jargon you hear. But right, right. I'll give Washington's head coach a lot of credit. Dude, you had your players ready. They came out focused. They got, you know, th- th- that crowd was crazy. They probably one of the best home field advantages um, on the west side of this country. But, hey, uh, Bo Nix, he got a little roughed up there at the end. I know a lot of people were laughing on Twitter about his Hail Mary pass at the end. I'm guessing that it was due to the little banged-up injury because I'm assuming he can probably throw a ball 55 yards. Like, that was yeah. about a 40-yard pass. But, hey – if you're Oregon, that's a tough loss. That pretty much cancels out your final four hopes, but you're still having a great year. You probably want to try to finish it off that way. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that was a big hit to him. I cashed that plus 13 and a half, but I sure as hell didn't think. I thought it was going to be some late, or they'd just be matching touchdowns the whole time. Sure. Or something late, you know, that Washington would be able to sneak in there. I did not. I thought Oregon was going to take care of business. That's 23 games in a row. They had one at home. Wow. Now the Huskies snapped it. I think it was this week at home. Um, some other news and notes from the top 25. North Kakalaka beat Wake Forest, who dropped back-to-back games, winnable games at that. And that quarterback, May, and that, um, that wide receiver, I just lost his name now. He had 15 catches last week. Anyway. He's doing his thing there in North Kakalaka, and the Tar Heels did clinch the uh, mediocre coastal this this uh, this week now. Um, so it looks like the ACC is going to have a top, more than likely anyway, a top fifteen team. Uh, you know, to go along with you know the other side of that. So that'll be at least an interesting ACC championship game, and, and it'll help whoever wins the you know that as a booster. Um, Tulane was was down pretty early to Central Florida, tried to come back, did come back. Not enough, though. Central Florida gets it done 38-31. Howard, the backup to Martinez uh, for the Wildcats, Kansas State goes into Baylor. And I stayed away from it, dude. I I wanted to bet it. Plus two and a half. Or no, wait. Yeah, I think I stayed away from it. Plus two and a half. And I was just – I wanted to, wanted to, and I stayed away. And what do you know, 31 to 13. Uh, some other, you know, news. Uh, Notre Dame was way up on Navy. They came back. Payne had a great game. I think he had five touchdowns. Kentucky loses to Vandy. Vandy got their first uh, SEC win in a long time. In three years. Oh, three years. That's that's awesome. Um, that's a cool campus, too, by the way. Um, at, at Illinois, Purdue gets it done. They had been – they lost uh, – Iowa and Wisconsin back-to-back games, and then come, come into Illinois, Champaign, and beat them, uh, thirty-one to twenty-four. Like I said, there's Chase Brown, who's a stud running back. He left the game. 
and their quarterback, it, it looks like he's going to be banged up too. So they are going to be, you know, with them, you know, there's, like I said, there's four and three, four, four and three teams, Illinois, Purdue, um, Iowa, and Minnesota, because now Wisconsin is out of the race because they just lost to Iowa. So it's all over the place as far as mixing and matching. But Illinois, whether, you know, I mean, Chase Brown is really important. They need him. They need the quarterback as well. But they got to go at Michigan. So that's, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose that game, even if it is close at half or whatever or deep in the third. We've seen that plenty of times so far this year with Michigan, and they've taken care of business. They're on a roll right now. So, you know, it's coming down to, to a couple things. Minnesota has Iowa and Wisconsin to close. Purdue has the easiest schedule, so if they win out, they're going to win straight up. But um, I, it's crazy because Iowa just beat them like 24 to 3. And so Minnesota can play spoiler and win these next two games, but still not go to the, the championship game because they lost to Purdue. You know, so it's, it's like I said, this year it's really playing out like that normal uh, race that we always document year after year in the ACC Coastal. Like I said that wasn't the case in the Coastal, so I guess the Big Ten West had to help them out and be like, here, man, we'll, we'll have a, a, a division of just not great teams, not horrible teams, but we're all just going to battle all the way to the end. It was uh, kind of funky, but, yes, at Iowa for my Gophers, who also won. Now they've won three games in a row after losing three in a row. It's been win four in a row, lose three, win three, kind of up all over the place. Um, any other games that you'd like to talk about throughout the country, you know, as far as a not, like UConn getting a big win over Liberty, speaking of someone that, you know, hasn't um, won a game, you know, won many games in a long time. That was a big win, especially Liberty coming off a, a big win themselves, for them anyway, over Arkansas in a tight game. Rutgers uh, covered for me against Michigan State at the very last second, 27-20-21. There were a couple of, like, Temple-Houston was a good game. I saw, the, like, the fourth. Uh, there were some fun games out there this week. Uh, just to kind of wrap up our, our Pac-12 unfortunate news for that conference, um, the other game I was hinting at was UCLA, who was also in a good driver's seat. Um, they lost 34-28 to to Arizona. Uh, at home too. This UCLA offense has kind of been on a heater for like the last few months. And Arizona is a school that, I mean, honestly, for the past, well, shit, since Kevin uh, Sumlin's been there, I mean, they've been pretty bad for quite a while now. But maybe they're kind of getting back on track. Uh, nonetheless, I guarantee that was a loss UCLA did not expect. Uh, 34-28. Um, Arizona hopped up on them early. We were talking about that before the show. I was checking my phone and I saw Arizona 14-0 at UCLA and it kind of surprised me. And that was 14 to seven. And then, uh, you know, they're up 21-14 at halftime. So you assume, okay, UCLA come back in the second half, but, uh, hey, credit to Arizona, you know. Um, and also you'll see here, Chris, with two weeks to go, if a team has, Four wins at this point of the year, the motivation for some schools to make a bowl game can be there. So, you know, I, I'm sure if you were Arizona last game, you're, those coaches were telling those guys, dude, if we win our last three games, we make a bowl game. Like, sometimes, you know, every team can have a different type of motivation this time of the year. And, hey, as you just said, for UConn, first time they've been bowl eligible in 
God, it's, it's, as the kids would say, it's been a minute since the UConn's won enough games to make a bowl game. So, hey, credit to them as well. Um, yeah, but USC, they did win. Um, they took care of business. They whooped up on Colorado and Tennessee. You got to score some style points there, but Tennessee took care of business as well. So a few teams who had to just win, which was Tennessee. Like 700 some odd yards, did they? They did. Well, I guess the rumors were like, I guess the, I guess not a lot of people are too much of a fan of Drinkwitz, that you, that Missouri coach, I'm not sure. But in fairness to Tennessee, like they did throw a deep pass at the end of that game, but it was all backups. Like in a, in college football, it, 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 to me, if your backup quarterback drops a dime, like that's not run up the score. Like if the backup doesn't want to just come in and take a knee, like dude, if you're, you, if you're Mizzou, stop him, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, you could uh, hand it off, too. You, you could, yeah. With your backups. You, yeah. you could. You could hand it off. But, you know, if they, they want to go in there and sling it, you know, feel free. And, and obviously, if you are Tennessee, you do want to make the scoreboard look as impressive as it can with the politicking you got going on. So, yeah, and, and obviously, we haven't mentioned them yet, but that's because they both won, which was Ohio State and Michigan. So, most of the top teams took care of business this week. And... Again, this Pac-12 week coming up is not quite as fun due to some slip-ups. But overall, you're right, Chris. It was it was just a fun Saturday of college football with a lot of upsets, a lot of close games, a lot of uh, bets came down to the window. And K-State, like I know you talked about that, that team, it just they're 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 goofy. Like they are. I you know because you, you whooped up on Baylor, you um probably just stick with Howard too. You, you whooped up Oklahoma State 48-0, to zero, but then sandwiched in between those and games were a loss to TCU when you had quarterback injuries and you lost to Texas last week. So, again, how how do you destroy Baylor and Oklahoma State but then lose to Texas at home? Yeah, I, th- that that team, if they make to the Big 12 title game, which they have a chance to do, yeah, yeah. that could be a really, really interesting rematch with TCU-K-State. That would be actually a really uh, delightful game to watch to see who can win the Big 12 if, if both those teams make it to the championship. And God bless Martinez coming from Nebraska. He had such a great start to the season, but Howard is just, a, I think, a better all-purpose. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yes, sir. Um, another freaking one I was looking at all week, Marshall, was that plus five East Carolina against Cincinnati. I looked at it, I looked at it, I refreshed it. Yep, still plus five. And I didn't take it. I did not take it. I just said, you know what? Cincinnati's coming off a loss. They're gonna win. They'll probably they'll probably win by seven or something. I'm not gonna take it. Twenty-seven to twenty-five. You trust your gut. Sometimes you gotta trust your gut. Sometimes you gotta throw your gut out the window. Um. So yeah, that about wraps it up. Obviously, we'll talk about the crafty crappy pick of the week to close. Uh, but this season, man, even if you put 20 or 30 or 50 dollars on our crafty crappy pick of the week it's it's pretty scary it's almost too we might have to retire this thing this year uh, because it's too scary i'm getting scared Marshall. okay so um week 12 which you know this freaking thing it starts off as like man it's a long season that team's not really ranked that much let this team get a little better if their offense improves once they, tight, once they get some guys back on injury, you know, we always talk like the first six weeks or so, it's always like, well, hold on, there's a lot that can happen, and, and don't get me wrong, there's still a lot that can happen. 
But then it turns into a sprint. And here we are with two weeks left of the freaking regular season, which also makes my the regular season of college football so awesome because it's like so much stuff happens in a matter of 13 weeks. And obviously you do have to put the conference finals in there. So calm down there. You know, anyone at home going, wait, what did he say? No, there's three weeks left before our break, which, you know, in the coming years, we may not get a break. It matters how they, you know, work this uh, this playoff system expanding to 12 because there might be an extra game, maybe two games, who knows. But um, week 12 doesn't just jump out at you. Um, the SEC has some good games in it, uh, no doubt. Uh, maybe it, it, they're not as good as they maybe kind of think about it at the beginning of the year. But there's also the SEC for at least a decade now. This is the time that they, you know, face the Bowling Greens and stuff like that too, right before the Iron Bowl or whatever, you know, like that. So it really, like I said, there's not there, there's plenty of good games. Uh, and just because it's ranked versus under unranked, that doesn't mean anything. Just because it's, I don't know if it says it says right here 18 Texas. I don't know if they're going to be 18, uh, but they, they got to go on the road at Kansas. What do they have to play for right now? I mean, I would, Texas. Yeah, uh. I wouldn't just give them that game. They're a nine-point favorite on oh, Kansas. Jesus. I'm just saying. But we're going to go to the Pac-12. Your squad, UCA, USC. Um, Who's UCA again? I'm, I'm unaware of that school, my friend. Name. It's a new <laughs> oh, for the team. okay. Because they got to pay the bills on that house they bought the coach. Dude, uh, Reggie Bush is long gone. Let him rest. On the coach. I on guess. the couch. Not in peace, yes. On the couch. No, no, no. The coach. Head coach. Oh. Oh. I, the, the university bought him a house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not well, talking yeah. about Reggie. I, yeah, you're oh. right. I, 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 I'll never talk about Reggie anyway. That's a good point. I'm gonna uh, because I definitely gave it to him. But he usually would be in defense to my Miami squad. You know, sure. I always have to, like, jerk go to Sorry, Reggie. Got to drag you through the mud. Um, but <laughs> USC, a road favorite over Ukula. Two and a half points. What says you about this matchup? Because I'm looking at it right now. According to ESPN analytics, and ever since they got rid of the power index thing, we just haven't used it as much because we don't like the new title. But they think uh, the matchup predictor is 60%, 60.5% in favor of your Trojans. The Trojans that are deep as a team on running back, I'm sure, but they do not have die, unfortunately. I was going to ask you what the over-under was in my head. I was thinking maybe like 69. It's 75. Good Lord. Well, when you see an over-under of 75, Chris, that, that literally tells you what type of game we're going to get. Um, these are teams who, you know, it's, it is one of their – it's a good rivalry. I'm not going to say it's like Bama, LSU or something like that because they're not quite as like high-profile football schools, but they're still pretty up there. And – for the last handful of years, this game normally do always come down to the wire. Um, I do think that this is going to be your cliche, who has the ball last kind of game. Because neither of these defenses are good. USC's defense has been letting some pretty shitty teams score on them. Like USC beat Cal a week ago. 
And Cal's offense is pedestrian. And even this past week, I know Colorado is just really bad, but, like, USC's defense has done enough, but I do think that UCLA is going to rip them up and score on them. UCLA is probably going to be pissed off from their last week's loss as well, and I get to get pissed off and play a rival. So I literally think that this game will come down to the fourth quarter. It'll be a one-score game either way. As a USC fan, I'm cheering for them. I mean, you could argue that the offense, USC's uh, quarterbacks may be a bit better. Uh, maybe UCLA's got a more well-rounded team of offense. Like, I think this game is a legit coin toss. Coaches, you can make an argument for who you like the most. Like, defensively, who's better? I don't know. I, I think this is an evenly matched game. The over-under says it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm pulling for the Trojans to win because if they lose this one, then the Pac-12's hopes are pretty much all shot and dead for the Final Four. So go Trojans. I'm going, Chris, I'm going uh, 45-41 USC. There you have it. Um, Big thing with this one is just UCLA running the ball with their stud running back or their quarterback. Sure. That has to be the case. They average 240 uh, a game, but still throw for 264. Um, And, you know, Neither team has a great defense, or even a that good of a defense, really. Uh, USC giving up 24 and Kula giving up 26. Um, but 141 on the ground giving up for USC, that's, that is a lot. That is a lot. So um, I'm going to go against the grain, um, and I'm going to go with Kula. They're mad about last week, and they're going to get – I don't know. I'm just opposing my – co-host here. So, uh, no, I can see that. I mean, I, I I like, I've been eyeing that, too, as far as the, the, the well, probably the spread, too, even if it jumps to three. Like you said, 9-1, you know, they do have a chance to get this win. Um, and then get the Notre Dame win, and then, you know, whoever comes in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, Utah, yeah. Yeah. Go go, yeah, I was going to say that they they it, it's they don't have quite – it's not a great chance, but it's definitely a respectful one. I would put – I was looking at ESPN. They had a thing today, and they were showing that, like, Clemson actually has a better chance of making the college playoff than USC. I would disagree with that. Um, oh, maybe I'm misreading calculations, but yeah, if USC runs the table and, and wins the Pac-12, like they're they're gonna they're gonna have a puncher's chance to make it there. So, but that defense, man, you, your defense has to basically play three great games in a row with Notre Dame, uh, UCLA, and then a rematch of UCLA, or maybe play Oregon. Like, eh, that's eh, that's gonna be a tough one. Or maybe have to play Utah. Right? Yeah, Utah's still in there, and you know they uh, probably look back at that game and. Think that they had a couple chances to win back in mid October. I think it was so Utah visits Oregon. Obviously, Oregon, just like Ukula, coming off a loss that they you know couldn't really take at this time of the year. They are three point favorites um, over Utah. I'll say this: the last two times that they played Utah. Boy, Marshall, it hasn't gone so good. No. Uh, it's like Utah loves, like, 
normally to play that kind of punch in the mouth, like run the ball down your throat kind of football. And and Utah at home, their their home record is, is maybe not quite as good as Oregon's, but damn near close. And it's a night game. Like everything about this matchup in the past handful of years will tell you to bet Utah. Like they got the coach, they got the home field. They they all this is literally a spot. Oh, sorry. Oh shit, I was misre- my bad. I apologize. I thought this was Utah. This is actually in Oregon. Okay. That that gives me a bit of a different spin. Now, yes, Utah has had their number, but if you're Oregon, now that I realize the game is in Austin Stadium, okay, what is their mindset? Okay, you you were you were ranked sixth. You had a again a Final Four chance on your platter. Um, I, I wouldn't say they looked ahead of Washington because Washington was like ranked 2014. They're not like a joke of a squad, um, and it's a bit of a state rivalry there. But you did have a hiccup. So now if you're Oregon, can you refocus for this week? Or is this kind of a letdown spot after you realize, hey, dude, our, our, our season's chance of making the Final Four is now gone. So what type of team do we see on the field? That could be a huge difference because for the most part, Chris, even last week, I mean, their offense wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. Um, is Bo Nix going to go drop 35 on Utah or 40 again, or do they have a bit of a step back? And as we mentioned at the end of the game last week, Bo Nix did get a little banged up. So if you're playing in this game, you know, a, a healthy Bo Nix is probably going to score close to 40 points a game against that Utah defense. But if he's banged up and having was troubles like he was during that game, all of a sudden if you're Utah, you know, control the game, uh, control the clock game and run the possessions and out manhandle Utah like they or Oregon like they used to do, um, man, this is a three-point spread for a reason. I do like, Chris, that Oregon's minus three and um, USC's minus two and a half. So we got two on paper, which should be very competitive games. Um, I'm going to take Utah just because I do think it is kind of a weird letdown spot for Oregon. It's hard to get up for a game after you just had a heartbreaker. And if you're Utah, yeah, you know, you're you're fine up there to, to make it to the, um, the Pac-12 title. Obviously, Utah's hopes of making the Final Four are dead, but you could still have a really nice – uh, bowl game season, and you could you're still in contention to win the Pac-12 conference overall. Yeah, I'm with you. Until uh, I see different, um, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that it's just a matchup the last you know little bit here with him, Dave. So like you said, but also just the letdown part where you're just like kicking rocks and coulda woulda shoulda. Sure. You know, we haven't lost since September or, you know, early September, September 5th or whatever, and now look at us. So, yeah, I mean, just kind of dragging around the facility type stuff. I, I could see that, possibly. Um, TCU on the road as a three-point favorite, so who knows who shows up with this Baylor squad. Um you know, on paper, you'd think, man, you know, the average fan would probably be like, why, why are they only three-point favorites? I don't get it. Why, should they be six or something like that? But that average fan maybe hasn't been paying attention to the Big 12 this year. Anything and, you know, anything and anything can happen this, this year. Uh, it's been a great matchup or a series of matchups. A lot of times it's been two big matchups but uh, per week. But, I mean, it's just been entertaining. Um this is this is their last toughest game. I mean, they still have another game left. They could lose, you know, based off how their defense played up until last week. But 
do, do you think TCU is going to wrap this thing up here and beat Baylor? So, you know, they, they kind of you know, to go back-to-back weeks against the, the teams that were closest to you. I know Kansas State, they had to come back, and that might be the ultimate game. I mean, this would go a long way if they win this game to help Kansas State, actually. Uh, what says you about this? You think TCU will just stay focused, maybe find, you know, some new comp? I mean, Baylor loves to run the ball. Well, shit, so did Texas, and they didn't do too well. Yeah, this this Baylor team, brother, they're hard to predict. Um, you have a, a, a bad loss to K-State. I mean, you beat OU by three, but this is not the regular OU. You whooped up on Texas Tech. You beat Kansas, but then you lost to West Virginia. You lost to Oak State. Like, dude, this Baylor team, I, I think maybe they lost a little more talent last year than they wanted because yeah. last year that defense was pretty damn good, and they had a nice, uh, even though I think Crowell got hurt, they had a nice bull victory over uh, my, my guy Kiffin. So I do think that this is not quite the same team as last year, um, just, oh, again, with players leaving. But too. Yeah, and the quarterback experiment is not gone nearly as good as they thought. So – I'm not going to be a fool and, and doubt the uh, the Horned Frogs again this week after I did last week and looked like a complete moron watching that Texas offense sputter. Um, I do think that TCU finds a way to win again. Maybe if you're TCU, you find out a little bit of wrinkles with your with your defense. Again, TCU's defense had been pretty below average at best. But that game against Texas, who and Texas's offense again for the most part this year has been like respectable, um, or maybe it's just a one week of coaching game plan. But dude, again, I, you you found a way. You're still playing with House's money. If you're TCU, you got got to go to Baylor, and then you got to play Iowa State. That that and and then you still got to win one more. But your last two games of the year at Baylor and Iowa State at home. They're, they're winnable. And the game's 11 a.m. kickoff. You're probably, I'm sure it'll be the Fox noon game for uh, Gus Johnson to call it, so it'll be fun to listen to him. Um, but I'm taking TCU. This this journey will continue. The, I'm sure it'll be a close game, you know, because Baylor's a, a decent squad, and TCU normally doesn't blow people out. But I'll take the purple team from, uh, from the uh, west side of the Fort Worth Dallas area, and I, I think they pull off the job. This Baylor team has just not been consistent enough to me, Chris, to pop the upset. Yeah, I agree. It's Sometimes you can kind of live from last year too long, which is what I was doing early in the year with them. And uh, sure. they just just not the same squad, like you said. Beyond even the obvious stuff that people already knew going in, just just, just not trustworthy, that's for sure. Um, you know, like I said, if Illinois and expect – quarterback and especially chase brown come back they could sneak under that uh you know that plus 18 going against them at michigan like i said we've seen first halves you know rutgers actually stayed in the game that um we've seen that you know it is what it is especially the style of play that they've been you know playing this year in the last chunk of years sometimes you don't blow out teams right away you kind of just slowly but surely let you know put in that early body work, and then by the mid to late rounds, you just pummel them. And, it, and if you just look at the box score, and if you just look at the score, you go, wow, Michigan had it easy, um, which is not the case. But, I, you know, I, I would – if you're going to think that plus 18 is a little too much, just wait 
favorite, Chase Brown. You know, make sure that both the quarterback and the running back play. Because they will be pissed. They've lost two in a row, but they, they got to be feeling some kind of way because they, ever since they lost to Michigan State two weeks ago, they have to be just like, what happened, dude? We could have clinched it two weeks ago. Uh, but that's how that's how it goes, man, and that's how college football goes sometimes. It just it gets up to you. Kansas State at West Virginia, minus 7.5. You know, the way this thing's going, they could lose by less than 7.5 on the road to West Virginia. If West Virginia all of a sudden doesn't do what they did against Baylor two weeks ago, who knows? Who really knows with that one? Um, but that just shows you I'm kind of uh, scared to, to bet on Kansas State right now, even though they did me well earlier in the year. Georgia at Kentucky. Um, 22 and a half, if that quarterback's healthy, yeah, maybe he could sneak under that, but I like Georgia, or not I like, the whole country beyond people, you know, from Lexington like uh, them to, to pretty much roll. Um, Louisville being a four-point favorite at home to NC State when their quarterback got knocked out of that Clemson game with Louisville, I am going to keep an eye on that because it's like, well, hold on, dude, if you don't have that quarterback, you know, that, that's not going to be a good look. Um, for you. I just don't I don't believe that. Could Tennessee, South Carolina, could South Carolina sneak under that against the green 21 and a half points? Possibly. Iowa State, three and a half point favorite at, uh, you know, with Texas Tech coming in town. I, you know, I, I, Texas Tech could win that game, but, you know, Iowa State slows people down. That's exactly what they do. And look at this, dude. I just realized that this this week, sorry for being so long-winded here, but Iowa State, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Anybody talking about this game? Because I haven't heard one person say anything. And usually this is a major, major marquee matchup in the Big 12, my friend. Yeah, uh, Bedlam normally is a really fun game to watch. I've I've been down to Vegas for a couple of them, and they, uh, I think one year I was down there when, like, Baker went off for, like, six touchdowns. So, yeah. Um, that's normally a fun game. And also, um, they're getting near the point where there's not going to be, is this the last bedlam or is there one more year where Oklahoma, before Oklahoma leaves the SEC land? Um, yeah, I think might, see how he's asked questions that he doesn't know. The I think there might be one, this is either the last or second to last year of bedlam. So th- this game will be an even bigger deal because, you know, a lot of these schools, that is one unfortunate thing for college sport rivalries that, as you do leave, sometimes it'll be harder to um, reschedule rivalries. Like, more likely when Oklahoma goes to the SEC, you can't have one of your non-conference games just for the probably the sake of your schedule, be Oklahoma State. So um, this will be one of the last times of that. But, hey, if you're Oklahoma State, like, you've had some rough weeks of late. And if you're Oklahoma, you, you need to – dude, I'm sure your fan base is about ready to burn Norman down and bring Lincoln Riley back. So – this would be a nice win if you're Venables to, to to get your fans back on your side. Again, I wouldn't touch this game. I think both these teams have been pretty trash this year, and Oklahoma State's been playing some awful football of late. But, yeah, I'm sure normally this would be a probably a top two or three game we break down every week or as uh, of the week. But, uh, yeah, there's no reason to talk about this game when they're playing that ugly. Um, I just so happened to see as I was – uh, scrolling through the previews like you, you know, that, that may for Carolina, just one quick note, you know, a lot of people got him. He, he's like going to be like the number one quarterback drafted this year. So hopefully he, he does better than Trubisky. But if you look at his numbers, Chris, he's 
253 for 361. Dude's thrown for 3,400 yards and 34 touchdowns. And, hey, if you're Carolina, again, no one's giving them a chance to make the Final Four, and I don't think they have a chance at all. But you are 9-1, and uh, 6-0 in conference. Um, you know, they've been in some little pretty nice years. So that actually, that Carolina squad, uh, they've been quietly having a nice season that May, dude. He's just building that draft stock up, and uh, they'll be playing Clemson in a couple of weeks down the road here for that ACC title. So, yeah, if you're an NFL fan, there's a great chance that May will be taking snaps for your team next year. Uh, around this time yeah no doubt about that and uh, it doesn't look like next year there's still there's i thought it was 2024 but the latest is 2025 that they that they're going to go there i think it's still 2024 it's not next year i, I just had to google it really quick and oh all, okay because you know there is like ties already into network stuff i think sure it's like nah dude you can't you know we got you locked in for these games so whatever um, I, I don't think it's next year, though. So 32.5 is the over-under for Iowa and Minnesota, and I'm calling for a 15-12 to 12 game, so I think it will go under. Um, that that That's kind of a, a random game, but on the hardcore barn burner, eat a win type thing, I, I think it'll actually be a really fun game, as do I do with Houston and East Carolina. I think that'll be a fun game to watch. And a really hardcore barn burner is probably that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game because I'm not saying don't watch it right to the people out there, but it is kind of crazy, you know, to see it not mean much this year. Um, shall we get to the crafty crappy pick of the week, sir? Update. Yes, but just one fun fact, and I meant to share this earlier in the show. But Chris, did you happen to see uh, last week the? Um, start of the Pittsburgh football game. Um, the start of it. Uh, help, help me out. I, okay, I, so I, it, it was Pittsburgh, Virginia. Okay, Vir, Virginia's having a bad year. Okay, so Virginia gets the kickoff. They take a knee. Okay, first play of the game. Virginia throws a pick six. Okay, you know, not the end of the world. Like, that does happen. <laughs> Pittsburgh, up 7-0, to zero, kicks the ball off again. Virginia's second offensive play of the game, pick six. Pittsburgh was up 14 to 0 and their offense not even touched the field. Have you ever in your life seen a game start with back-to-back pick sixes? I mean, the only thing I can recall is is the Vikings and the Giants in 2000 down 14 zip and we hadn't touched the ball, I think, but I think it's I think we fumbled. I think it's yeah, cuz we fumbled it. And then, I don't know. I just remember it was like 21-0, and Randy Moss is in the end zone holding his wrist. I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you gave it up. But, yeah, no, I can safely say that. <laughs> I didn't see that. And I didn't hear about that. I'm kind of pissed off um, that I didn't see that. But I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, though. Yeah, if you're, if you're a Virginia <laughs> fan. Man, poor one out. Can you imagine if you bet pit that game? Like, dude, you you go to like get the get your nachos or beer yeah, out of the fridge. You're like, like oh, holy wow. shit, what I miss? Here we go. And then, and then you run back to the fridge to get something else again. You come back. You're like, dude, what 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 is happening? If you bet Virginia, oh good lord, I I would pour, I would buy you a beer if I was at a bar and you had that bet. Like, dude, all right, here we go. I'm sure Pitt was probably like minus fourteen or something. And then you're like, okay, and pick up oh, back to back. <laughs> Turn the game off. Second quarter? Can I? What, what do I do here? Can I? Can 
and I bet if it goes to overtime, I got to make my money back. Did, 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 did I hit my prop bet of back-to-back pick sixes at, at plus 20,000? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that I'm going to have so. to, like, like, forcefully get from somebody because there's no way that's there? Yeah, dude, that, that, that's crazy. Man. I know. That's so, so, and yeah. the kicker of it was, to wrap this up, it took until 13 minutes in the second quarter for Virginia's quarterback to have completed three passes to his own team. Instead, of, so he he had he, right, equal completions yeah. to the other team. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, if you're a Wahoo hey, fan, I'm sorry. starting there, Virginia. So don't you worry. Okay, you got a respectable program. <clears throat> Put this year in the in the back rearview mirror. <laughs> so, as my co-host said, we are now eight and three for the crafty crap pick of the week. It was War Eagle. The 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 shrub bushes were trimmed, and man, that mm. Aggies offense. Manicured, man. God, the Aggies, that Jimbo, and it, people are saying Texas A&M is a thirty-three point favorite this week against UMass. I think if UMass wins, you may have to gather up all that oil money. If Jimbo loses to a thirty-three point UMass dog, that might be the end of the run. Gonna have to get a loan from the the Saudis or something. <laughs> so we move on for another victory, and now. Um, we're going to a team who's been nicknamed, I, I miss how his name started, but a, a team that's been named Club Lit. We're, and I'm referring to Charlotte. They, they got somehow got nicknamed oh, yeah, Club okay, Lit yeah, 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 with yeah. Louisiana Techs. This is a 2.30 central time kickoff. The game is on ESPN3. It is at Jerry Richard Stadium. I believe this is Charlotte's first ever appearance in the Crafty Crap Pick of the Week. I believe Louisiana Tech has appeared there before. Uh, yep. Tickets you can get in for eleven bucks. So you can, if you want to pass up a subway for lunch or, uh, you know, Chipotle, you can go go watch the game. Have that, have f- some food before or after. Um, La Tech is minus three, over under sixty four. Uh, Chris, you're walking into club late. Got your glasses on. Maybe having a little fun drink in the hand or a smoke. Uh, it's gonna be bouncing. Uh, that 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 Charlotte two and nineteen is gonna be partying and having an atmosphere. Uh, what kind of game we gonna see there, brother? Uh, we're going to see a lot of offense, I will say that, um, like you generally see in these freaking games because, uh, you know, it's crazy. Not, not last week, but normally, yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but we got to think about who was playing last week, so that, that is a good point. <laughs> but this week, I mean, there's just no way around it. One team's almost, you know, 39.2, which is might as well be 40, and 41. Point one. That's deep. That's not offense stats. That's defense. Now, you know, Louisiana Tech at least, you know, has 30 points um, uh, per game. But, uh, man, yeah, this is the Char- – Charlotte is not that good on offense. But we've seen worse here in the Crafty Crafty Pick of the Week. We've <laughs> seen like 15 or 17 as well. Um, neither can stop the run uh, for saving their life. I mean – 236 to 212, that is just bad. It's kind of, this is a great matchup on paper, though. I mean, it, it, these, you're right. Look at these stats. They match up pretty damn well. Uh, I mean, they both run the ball for 114, 113, 274, 271 through the air. I mean, this is – man. Charlotte allows 496 yards a game. Oh, my Lord. And, hey, 471 <laughs> isn't far behind. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is a perfect game. And this thing comes down to turnovers. 
So let's see who has the okay. So Reynolds has the most picks. I mean, Reynolds has the most pick, and Crosby has the most yards. So I just based off that in some competition, um, you know, against some okay teams, I'm gonna go with the road team Bulldogs, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, and I gotta admit, I didn't think they were called the Bulldogs. In fact. I didn't really know what they were called now that I think about it, but I didn't think Bulldogs. I, they just Louisiana Tech doesn't strike me as the Bulldogs. However, I am going with them, and I think it'll be probably like 63 to 61, something like that. Um, no, yeah, I'm going Bulldogs on the road. I mean, I realize Jerry Rich, Richardson Stadium is not easy. The club lit, like you said, it's going to be litty. But I'm going with the, uh, the 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 visiting squad, my friend. All right. And for our famous alumni battle, okay, again, I kind of like doing this because normally I like to re- we end up repeating schools. But these are some new alumni battles to check out. For famous uh, Charlotte alumni, um, the first guy pictured is named Bobby Lutz, who appears to be a coach. I've never heard of him. Um, Cedric Maxwell was a former NBA player. Uh, Clay Aiken off reality TV. Um, after that, it starts getting a little bit dicey when you start seeing athletes of soccer jerseys you've never seen before. Uh, there's, I, I, they, they have a decent, uh, good-looking crew of people that went there, but I don't really know any of the names. And that is about sums it up for uh, Charlotte and for the University of La Tech and their alumni battle. Willie Rofe was a great NFL player. Uh, NBA guys, they had Carl Malone, they got P.J. Brown, Paul Millsap, uh, Kick Brooks from Brooks and Dunn Country Music. Uh, and then their list is pretty much done, too. Oh, and Trace Atkins. Okay, so they, I'm a country music guy, Chris. Um, I'm going to give the edge towards the La Tech alumni over Charlotte. So we're on the same page there. Uh, I don't believe they allow country music in club lit. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to play, like, some, like, Alabama type of, you know, warm-up kind of music which is going to really piss off the Charlotte players. That's going to be in their heads for the whole game. So we'll, we'll be singing uh, Country Roads Take Me Home, even though they're not from West Virginia. And I think the Charlotte alumni country music leads the Charlotte uh, uh, team to uh, issues, and the LaTeX Bulldogs put us to 9-3 and three on the year. There we have it, man. There we have it. On that note um, – we will be talking about TCU again next week because whether they win or lose, they're, 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 they're newsworthy. But I hope they get the job done. If any of the top five teams in the uh, country lose this week, that would be some big groundbreaking news. So, yes, back next week, we'll give you an update on what they do for the college football playoff ranking because, as you know, if you're a college football fan, those committees kind of make up the rules as they go each week. Like they're, ah, well, we're going to put them there and put them there, and we're doing this for that. And you're like, what? And then they change their explanation all the time. But it's getting now to the point where you got to start having to answer, uh, answer for your decisions because soon it'll be where we're going to get down to the number crunching time of this year. So thanks for listening. As always, we love the support. The boys are out tonight. I hope you have a good one. Stay safe. Cold weather has been swarming around the country. We're out tonight. Peace.